But before we talk about movies, we must talk about TV shows. I'm I'm a very forward-thinking individual. I like to think when it comes to the definition of of a movie. Yeah. Um, and what we're about to talk about is a TV show, but I I have always thought of it as a movie. Um, yes. The only distinction is that it was released in episodes. Um, but it is the length of a normal. It's not like a normal miniseries where yeah, it's, like it's five minutes. hours long. It's a hundred minutes. You put it all together. Yeah. The only difference is you have credits. Yeah, it's easily. Di- it's one of those easily easily digestible things in, in a single evening. And it is also something I think we both recommend everyone watch for for the Halloween and autumn season. Yeah, it's just something I'd even feel comfortable watching in like November. Um, but but we're, of course, what we're talking about is Over the Garden Wall. And how the gentle wind beckons through the leaves. Which is a Cartoon Network miniseries. Back from like 2013, 2014. 14, 14, which again adds to 2014 being one of the most stacked years of all time. But uh, it's a simple story of two brothers, uh, Greg and Wirt, as they try to find their way home through the uh, weird enchanted forest known as the Unknown. Spoilers for Over the Garden Wall. Please watch it. It's very good. (laughs) Well, we'll try to keep the spoilers by inference for the time being. Um, so in, in Wirt and is from the real world, essentially, but his name's Wirt. It's really what kind of name funny. is that? Because his brother's name's Greg. Greg. And when you find out normal later on that they're they're, you know, not from this force, it's just funny. Um, but yeah, Wirt, which I will say this about the Garden Wall. It is the second best fantasy thing that elijah wood's ever been in i uh, i will agree with that also <laughs> i haven't seen many fantasy things with elijah wood i don't think there's been much uh there's one was it uh lord of the rings or whatever mm, that doesn't that doesn't ring a bell yes yeah, mm. maybe check it out someday but uh i think uh this is one of those things that i think both of us have been wanting to get to for a long time this is one of those that everyone talks about, especially at this time of year. It's got like crazy good reviews. Um, and I've always because I think honestly that like a lot of the stuff that came out on Cartoon Network at this time is sort of carrying Western animation on its back um, because they have some really good stuff from around this time that has aged really well. Uh, but this is one of those things that I don't know, for whatever reason, it's like one of those things that you kind of have to watch for the first time. In, in this the Halloween season, because I don't think I've seen anything that encapsulates that autumnal aesthetic quite like this. It, it is a show that from the, the opening frames puts you into a mood and it, it, it keeps you there for some time. Yeah. And I think it's, it's more so just the the fall season. And I think it has, as we said earlier, it's a broader appeal than just just Halloween itself. Yeah. Well, the, the Halloween appeal side of it is that it's 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 it dips into horror a bit and it mm-hmm. it takes place on Halloween night. That's why they're dressed as a gnome in a teapot. It could it could very well work in November as well. It's just it's it's more it's it's less about like scares and more about fall. Well, shall we say the the framing story takes place on halloween night 
the yes the narrative yes. itself is is more kind of ambiguous with its time frame and, and yeah yeah which i personally enjoy well the thing is you know discussing the the difference between a movie and a tv show in this context is that this this is a very obviously because it's a miniseries it's very vignetted it's mm -hmm. it's 10 episodes 10 minutes long each and every episode sort of deals like a, with a different uh, uh set of antagonists or a new area in this woods um so Although maybe as, if you as you go along closer and closer to the end the episodes start becoming more interconnected and directly leading yes. into one another. Yes. like the opening episodes are very very episodic it's you know one starts it ends you're done move on but at the, yeah closer to the end the last like two or three are all close yeah um but you know that works really well especially for those first few episodes because they have they have very distinct um very distinct locations and characters there's the there's the pumpkin skeleton episode which i think is just the most like agreed not egregious it's the most blatantly halloween thing of all that's just that's a, a that's a good one pumpkins. like if you were looking for just you, you got 10 minutes to spare on halloween watch pop that episode <laughs> It's a town of pumpkins that are secretly skeletons. It's, it's painfully Halloween, but I enjoy it. It's really um, great. The, and the great thing about the the show is the the running gag of like manipulating um, fairy tales and myths and like actual stuff that, that we're familiar with um, and, and like just manipulating it a little bit. Yeah. So that there's something new, adding new elements, because it does take from all like a bunch of different sources yeah. and, and cultural references. There are references to uh, one of my uh, like a really great childhood novel called uh, The Wind in the Willows. I don't know if you're familiar with that at all. OK, so the, the frog and all the frog, the frog boat is very reminiscent <laughs> of, of that uh, that book. Um, and the one of the the really fun. Um, kind of thematic things of the the tv show is every episode is essentially they're all pretty similar thematically and they they all start with you're introduced with something that is uh, a little creepy suspicious <laughs> potentially evil and then it turns out it was all okay in the end and everyone <laughs> gets along just fine and it's beautiful it's it's uh, it's kind of spooky and scary but it's heartwarming there are genuinely creepy moments um, yeah. when they finally reveal what the beast looks like for just like a glimmer. It's yeah. kind of freaky looking. It's like uh -huh. a Lovecraftian little little fucker weirdo. Uh, the first episode. I, but the thing, what I love most about this show, like as far as the aesthetics go, is that it's 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 like a cartoon. So it's hard to say it, but it has really good lighting effects. Yeah, yeah it, it does. It gets the like the, the haunted forest right. With, yeah because but you also see like different different lighting uh schemes for the forest so sometimes you get like the really dark and creepy and other times it's very autumn and fall and golden light which also has kind of this weird creepy vibe to it in its own yeah separate like way. that first episode where you see the woodsman for the first time and just the way that it's just so pitch black and that very faint but very powerful lantern is just cutting through everything and, and then you and have the dog Greg not taking anything seriously <laughs> so like they're in this deep dark scary woods and then greg's like we should say hi <laughs> candy camouflage candy camouflage <laughs> 
Greg is very funny. And what I what I appreciate a lot about the show, too, is that you can feel that they're uh, at points they're dipping into like sort of uh, tropey narrative beats. There's like Mm -hmm. that point in the end where Wirt is like kind of pissed at Greg. He's like projecting all of his anger and frustration onto Greg and essentially blaming Greg for the fact that they're lost in this forest. And in, in a dumber show, it would be like a moment that gets the two apart. Where like Greg is mad at Wirt and Wirt's mad at Greg, but Greg doesn't care. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Greg is immovably chipper, which I really enjoy about his character. Yeah, I, I love the playing on those tropes where it does often uh, lean into them, but in, in an ironic sort of way. And like, like when we first meet uh, Beatrice, the, the bird. And Greg frees her and she's like, you two look like two boys with no no purpose in life. (laughs) And and like the way that line is delivered, I'm like, that seems a little on the nose and odd. But like when you think back to that line, it's like, oh, this makes sense. And it's clever in the the way that it, it kind of plays with those familiar, very familiar story beats. Well, another one too. spoilers and get into a mild spoiler here, but the whole thing is like it might be a projection of like a near death experience, possibly. Um, But there's this in like episode nine, we just immediately we find out that like this is happening sort of like as a dream in the real world. There's a real world Greg and Wirt who are just, you know, kids in like this this small town on Halloween night. And Wirt's made a mixtape for this girl that he really likes. But one thing I really like is that the the way that that story is set up is that Wirt, um, there's this girl that he likes and there's this guy that apparently is going to ask her out. And it's not like a football game. So you're like, oh, my God, is the is the girl going to be some cheerleader and the guy some jock? <laughs> The girl is the mascot and she's just a dork and the guy, <laughs> Jason Funderburger. Jason Funderburger. Hey, Jason Funderburger. Oh, hey, Wart. Let's go, Sarah. Is oh. just one of the dorkiest guys of all time. Um, but it's again, that that heartwarming part of it is the fact that like there is no dumb story beats where the jocks are mean to Wart. Everybody likes Wart. <laughs> everyone seems to like each other and he's, his he's just, whole like he's just shy and like like his issue isn't necessarily that no one likes him people like him he's just not yeah like, he's too insecure he's, he's, about himself he's creating all these problems for himself hmm. and you know he's freaking out because they introduced jason funderberger just by name first and the way that he freaks out you're like oh my god is it gonna be some we big keep hearing dude? about him I, I, it's a great joke <laughs> When we finally meet Jason Funderburger. Jason Funderburger. It's just Jason Funderburger. And then of course the 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 cherry on top of that joke is when the frog at the very end is finally named Jason Funderburger. <laughs> yeah, and you were there too, Jason Funderburger. Me? Not you. Jason Funderburger. My frog. <laughs> There's a frog that gets a different name every episode. Fun little joke. Sometimes every other scene. Particularly in the, yeah. the Fog episode, the president, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, all these names. What's with George Washington, Mr. President? Benjamin Franklin. I think that, though, when when they reveal that it's sort of like a subconscious thing, I think that's where the show gets really interesting for me. Hmm. Because one thing that I really like about it is the fact that this world feels so like lived in and dense where it feels like every single character that they meet could be the main character. 
with our own like view of the world and you know but it, we just happen to be focused on Wirt and greg like the world is moving on whether or not these characters are in it um and there's like a lot of mysteries and it doesn't fully explain everything mm-hmm. like not everything gets some sort of conclusive arc or whatever um but it just it just keeps coming at you uh, subtle not fully explored and it just makes the world feel a lot more lived in i guess yeah and and to go back to like the the sense of atmosphere and mood that the the show has the thing that i really appreciate about it and the thing that's that's true of i think all great cartoons is that it is uh just as enjoyable for adults as as they are for children that you know intelligently made entertainment can be entertaining for kids and as well as for adults yeah and i think one of the things that i found really really fun about the show is it is it's it's silly and weird and fun and something that you know appeals to the, the child and the inner child within you but there's also like this deep kind of melancholy to the whole the whole thing going on and and, yeah. and sadness sort of and one of the the opening song is that the the frog we find out the frog sings but it's <laughs> uh it's just the, yeah. the theme song and one of the lines in it is um if dreams can't come true then why not pretend and yeah you you can see like the I mean, particularly the woodsman is is a very tragic character. Yeah. The, and good old Christopher Doyle. And I think you is. could read the whole thing as a uh an allegory for Wirt's uh need to choose and to not give up on his uh dream of getting the girl. Yeah. And that's what the the beast represents, the the giving up on um pursuing dreams and what you want and just kind of going with the the nothingness of life and there's there's a certain um melancholy to it because i'm not sure the show is entirely saying that everyone is going down that path everyone does succeed like work does in the end of getting the girl um there is kind of you know we cut back at the end to see all the the residents of the the unknown and yeah, it's a great little ending to it. Yeah, it the it's the song in full and it's bittersweet emphasis on sweet. But but still, there's like they went through a lot in that in that place. Yeah. And it was it was very it was an, a very emotionally hard journey for for Wirt and for the woodsman and for a great many people in the in the unknown. Well, that scene in particular speaks more to this idea that the, the there is like they're all kind of main characters because it's it's a nice little wrap up. Um, we get to see the woodsman reunite with his daughter. We get to see Beatrice lift the curse or whatever. And it's just when you they string it together through the the theme song. And I'm just like looking at all these. And I'm like, e- any one of these characters could have been the main character. It could have been all about this. But the fact that like mm-hmm. you just see bits and pieces of it, it just it feels interconnected in a way that most things just don't. Um, and I think that sort of works well with the episodic structure. But yeah, that that I watched that scene a lot just because it's, you know, if you if you type the theme song, that's what plays is that uh, in that clip. And mm-hmm. it's just I th- it is very beautiful. It's it's not fully resolved, but it is. I'm amazed at how much they accomplish in each 10 minute episode. And, you know, it's they do. They create a world. Yeah. And each episode <laughs> introduces essentially a whole new cast of characters, even at the end, too. Um, and 
each character that is introduced feels like it is a part of this this wider thing that is happening um and it's you know a lot of movies struggle to create a a living world where it seems like it has a a, a life of its own outside of the narrative um, yeah but this manages to do it in 10 minutes for each episode <laughs> and then you know yeah. and you remember them and by the time you're you know 10 episodes in you get to the end and you cut back and you see everyone again you you remember them there's no forgetting it or anything like that you know to go back to my favorite dune 20 or 1984 <laughs> all the characters that like die halfway through and then you get to the end and you're like i don't remember any of these people <laughs> and that's not the case here you remember everyone i could give you a very ex an exhaustive list of all the fun interesting characters that are introduced even like some of the like small bit characters it, and that's the partially because man. of <laughs> i'm the highway man <laughs> i'm the highway man i make ends meet and it, it's it's partially because it's like it's it's evoking something tropes and imagery from elsewhere and use and building off of of those uh it's like creating its own myth based around other like pop yeah. culture references and other uh literary references and that's partially what makes it so so memorable is because it's it's putting its own funny, interesting twist on those things. Yeah. Well, a lot of them. I love how sometimes they'll explain it. You know, there'll be a little exposition as to what it is, like the pumpkin village. And then sometimes they're just like they throw you into it. Like, OK, this is a school where they teach animals. Well, there's just that's a boat of, of frogs. It's a fairy, <laughs> apparently. But then they go hibernating at the end of it. It's, Which that's one of my favorite bits in the little last song is when the frog comes out of the dirt and goes back in. <laughs> also, the music's great. Potato and molasses is a jam. <laughs> oh, potatoes and molasses. I've had it stuck in my head and I it's don't same. have a it's problem a with it. Oh, potatoes and molasses. That's that's the thing, though, is that part of me, uh, like the more and more I think about it, I'm like, is this like a thing? Do people do this? Is I feel like these no. flavors wouldn't match at all. <laughs> No, it's just like a silly concoction the show made, created. Yeah. I think I saw a recipe on YouTube. Someone made a potatoes and molasses. It sounds awful. But yeah, it's got it's got great music, a really eclectic uh, taste in music, pulling from a bunch of different genres. None of it's like none of it's pop. It's all kind of like older movie or older music. There's like kind of like jazz oh, games in there. Uh, not reggae ragtime yeah mm. jazz a little bit of ragtime a little bit of uh whatever the fuck the highway man a little is. bit of everything a little <laughs> yeah. bit of uh of opera sort of the i was interested to hear the um the guy who played the beast was a a former opera singer oh interesting and he does get one uh a couple like background songs that go on during his his scenes i think in the last and episode. none other than uh John Cleese. John Cleese appears twice. What is it? Twice? Mm-hmm. The uh He's the, Endicott. the guy was... Oh and okay. he plays, I'm pretty sure, the um Beatrice. The the witch with the string. Oh, Adelaide? Yeah, Adelaide. That's what I mean. Yeah, not Beatrice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Interesting. Endicott and Adelaide. Did did you see the short film that this was uh, based off of? I did not. You you should. It's on YouTube. It's like seven or eight minutes long. It's essentially just an episode of uh, the show. 
Like it's the exact same thing. They're looking through the forest. They find a, a village of vegetable people. <laughs> it's a good little jumping off point. It's cute. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah, a very it's, cute it's, miniseries. Highly recommend just to anyone. It's just it's it, you breeze through it. It's mm-hmm. so funny. It's so charming. It's genuinely creepy at points. It's perfect for this time of year. It's Got on a little Hulu. bit of everything. Yeah. 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 I'm going to get the Blu-ray here soon. I wonder what, if there's any features on it. Probably not. I was show, but you know, I watched it on Hulu and it's so short that they don't put ads on it. So I got used to the no ads whatsoever. And then I went and watched the uh, the new episodes, a few new episodes of what we do in the shadows and the, the ads popped up. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> so fucking annoying. The only the only cringe bit about this show is the fact that they don't play the theme song in full. Uh, well, it's probably fine because it's like a minute and a half long, but still, you only get it the first episode. But you get the you get the, you get the little piano jingle, which is nice. Yeah. Over the garden wall. Highly recommend. It's Very great. Good. It's Quality really cartoon. great. I, I don't know why I put it off for so long. It's been on my watch list for a while now. It's been I can't remember where it is, but it's pretty high on the letterboxed. Uh, it's very high yeah of everything yeah so yeah i think it's, it's one of those things beloved. people just people just give a miniseries better score well that thing is usually we have a miniseries people feel the need after like 10 plus hours to give it five stars um but i don't know this is it's like a movie length but i i genuinely i just easy five stars i just i loved it beginning i don't think there's a single moment i wasn't engaged or charmed by it big fan uh jason Fetz. Jason, uh, the it's it's twelve on Letterboxd rankings of everything. That's great. That's great. Yeah, next to Planet Earth two and Come and See. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. Great bridge between those two. Good triple feature. Mm-hmm.